Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, If you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov slash careers. See yourself here. Laura Bradburn and I am joined by Liam from Celtic Down Under. How are you doing, Liam? Good, thanks, Laura. It's uh, good to be back again. Um, Celtic are on fire at the moment and tonight, so am I. Well, we're (laughs) going to get into that. We've got plenty to discuss. The reason you and I came on beaming is because you shared a story with me which we're not going to broadcast, but it did did make me giggle. So uh, if you want to to hear that, then, you know, I don't know, get in touch with Paul. Maybe we can have an over-18s podcast or something like that. Um, Yeah, but you're going to get me in trouble with a wife if you keep talking about stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, not not safe for broadcast. I think is is the phrase we'll use. Um, but anyway, we've got plenty to discuss. Main points are um, obviously the Champions League draw and the upcoming game against Dundee United at the weekend. But we will get into that. Before we do, 
uh, as many people will know, uh, or you may not know, we are up once again for an award for best video content creator at the football uh Content Awards, they're now called. Used to be called the Football Blogging Awards back in the day. Uh, Football Content Awards, which uh, we won three awards at uh, not so long ago. So if you want to vote for us, uh, you can click the link below um, and you'll have to scroll past the subscribe button to do that. So just uh, give us a subscribe while you're there as well. Um, But Liam, before we get into the the more pertinent topics of the day, uh, I have to say I was wowed by that top when I first came Mm -hmm. on and saw you in it. So... I think you were saying that the 98 Japanese goalkeeper shirt, I mean, you'll not be missed in it, that's for sure. No, no. Um, it was a, It's a bizarre story, actually, because it was... Um, I moved to Japan in 2006, but right. my first kind of exposure to Japan was watching the Japan team at the 98 World Cup. Mm-hmm. And I've always had this kind of thing about the World Cup. I love when you see these... I don't mean to be condescending, but quite obscure wee countries that you otherwise wouldn't see in international football. And at that time, Japan was one of them. Yeah. And I just saw this goalie top and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll I'll have some of that. And, of course, with it being Japan and with me being a, shall we say, a fuller-figured fellow, um, it, I couldn't find one in my size anywhere. Finally... Two years ago, I managed to track one down over here that's in a size that gets somewhere close to fitting me. So uh, <laughs> I finally managed to get hold of it. Listen, I know your pain. I have previously accidentally ordered the match fit version of a shirt before. And let's just oh. say um, I am not match fit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've got to say, like, I was talking to you beforehand and... Um, you know, you brought out a side in me that I have kept well hidden, which is I know you're a big shirt collector and I am starting down that path. I don't need any more things to waste my money on, but um, I'm finding them. But it was an interesting question that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we get into more, I don't know, relevant, important topics. But as a shirt collector, tell me this, I can't uh, separate my feelings about how the team performs in a shirt from aesthetically what the shirt looks like. So if the team performs really poorly, even if it's a nice shirt, I can't dissociate my memories from it and therefore I don't like it. Can you separate out the two and just appreciate a shirt for what it is? Or are you the same as me? Is it too tied together? Well, I mean, I think um, in the context of Celtic tops, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And Scotland tops as well, because, you know, I'm... I'm a Scotland fan. I know, I know not every Celtic supporter is for various reasons, but I, I, I support Scotland whenever they're playing internationally. Um, and uh, me, me too, for the record. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Scotland I, fan. I would say. And I know a lot. I know a lot of people are not, and that mm-hmm. that's fine. Do you know? You do you, whatever. But um, I, I, I do find it hard to associate, not to to like a shirt if it's a shirt that we've been gubbed in. You know, to be honest. Um, yeah. But. Time's a great healer. I mean, for example, I recently picked up um, the Celtic away shirt from, I think it was 1991, which okay. is the weird one with the kind of a two tones of green and a white in the middle with this kind of like heart monitor style yes, kind of yes, pattern across is it, it. Is it the people's... Aye, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I managed to pick that up um, and I, I, I like it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember Celtic winning a game in it, but... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was um, a nice one. But um, 
for me more it's like I have I have a greater problem if it's a team that I find objectionable in terms of maybe their fans or their politics or whatever. Okay. Like for example, no matter how beautiful it is, I would never buy a Lazio shirt. Right, because okay. I know yep. I know what their their fans are about. Same with Millwall, same with Chelsea. Those are like three clubs I just would not touch. Thankfully, um, Millwall and Chelsea don't deal in good shirts anyway. But no, no, I can see what you mean about because the Lazio one I really like was the um the one from the nineties with the like when the team was like Crespo and Boxic and that and it had the kind of uh, navy stripe across the chest, but it was just cut in the middle. I another uh, one, yep. Yep. So it's like 99 or something like that when they had an absolutely fantastic team. I love that shirt, but like you say, mm. would never buy it. So No. Yeah. No. But it's, 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 it's interesting because I, I just think... I, 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 you only need to show me a shirt for me to, to, you know, bring back loads of memories and it's, it's just a fascinating thing. But we can, maybe, we can maybe have you back on and do a Celtic shirt special. I know on the channel we've got... Um, we've had a couple of different shows about shirt collection and I'm sure you'll appear on them at some point, but it'd be interesting to do a Celtic-specific one because I've got a poster up on the wall over there of the Celtic kit history and you could point anyone out to me, obviously, from after I was born and I could probably tell you somebody who played in it and a goal that I remember seeing in it, so it's an interesting point, but we'll not bore people. We have much more interesting things to get to, primarily... The Champions League draw, which happened yes. at 5pm Celtic Park time last night. I wanted to ask before we get into the teams, how did you get to know about the the draw? How did that work out for you time difference-wise? Were you in your well, bed when it happened? I, I was in my bed, but I was wide awake because right. I knew the draw was imminent. And I made the mistake of tuning into the UEFA stream thinking, this is, you know, it will be on in 10 minutes or whatever. About 45 minutes later, any, anybody who's friends with me on Facebook will see uh, the message I typed out. Uh, UEFA, it's 1.15 in the effing morning. Please yeah. get on with this bloody draw. I've got work tomorrow. <laughs> it, it was a bit, uh, you know, there was a there was a musical break for every introduction onto the pitch and then they, they let... Carlo Ancelotti named every single one of his grandchildren when he got his award and oh, but it was something else but anyway the, the most important thing is we got the group draw now it wasn't it wasn't good for anybody's health that we were in the fourth pot for various reasons no. but we were sitting in a situation where we could have ended up in a group with Liverpool as our uh, rivals Rangers did I think we could have ended up in that horrible group with uh, Bayern Munich Barcelona and Inter Milan which uh, unfortunately the uh, Victoria Pilsen ended up with uh, and their chairman burst out laughing which was hilarious um, <laughs> but uh, he's probably laughing all the way to the bank to be fair but, uh, be but fair, those uh, games are all going to be sellouts so, yes. I, yeah. be so I don't know that they'll get far but they'll make their money back uh, anyway uh, who we drew as you can see in the strap was Real Madrid RB Leipzig and Shakhtar Donetsk I've got to be honest Liam I think it's the best of both worlds for us I think it's a glamour tie against a, a big team who we haven't played an awful lot competitively throughout our history for whatever reason. And then two teams who it's not ridiculous to say we could stand a chance of taking points off of. Um, am I being too optimistic? What did you think of the draw when you saw it? 
No, that was pretty much my thought. I mean, on on the the most recent edition of Celtic Down Under, uh, quick plug for the show there, um, we we actually discussed who did we want, because this was obviously on Wednesday before the draw was made. And I actually said that I wanted Madrid and I wanted Shakhtar. um, Hmm. Because Real Madrid, like you say, historically, we haven't played them competitively for, I think, more than 40 years. Yeah. we, uh, I think 1980 was the last time we played them. Uh, oh, if my brother's watching, he's going to feel old because he was born in 1980 and you've just said more than 40 years. So, Kevin... Oh, well, he's, he's only got three years on me, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christ, and he's two years younger than my wife, but don't tell her I said that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, you know, I wanted Real Madrid and I wanted Shakhtar because, um, obviously, with everything that's going on in Ukraine just now, I just think it would be it'd be really good for them to come to Celtic Park and for all of us to give them the reception that they deserve and just say, you know, we're with you guys. Do you, you, know? Do you know, I would, I, this, I don't like to get political on the podcast for a number of reasons. I don't think it's, I, I should probably be careful what I say here, but I don't, I don't think it's always the place of the football club to get involved in politics, even though that I know it's an important part of our history and it's an important part of what some people's support of the club uh, entails. And I respect mm. that entirely. But I, I, I do agree that in, in this case, especially with the number of uh, Ukrainian refugees that have come over to this country, um, many of whom I'm sure reside in Glasgow at this point, I think it would be great for the club to do something to support that, to maybe have, to invite some Ukrainian refugees and families to the match. And yeah, it, it would, to me, it would, it would symbolise everything that the club is about if we could do that for those people, because obviously for, for all the reasons that we all know about the, the away support for Shakhtar on the day that they play at Celtic Park won't be far from capacity so I think to, mm. to invite people from the local area who have been affected by by the conflict would be a fantastic thing for the club to do yeah absolutely um, it's the you know again without getting political what those Ukrainian people are going through right now is not a million miles away from what our ancestors went through when they left Ireland about you know 130 years ago yeah so um, I think, yeah, it would be a very good thing. And I hope I hope somebody at the club is already ahead of the game on that one because really they should be. Yeah, Kaiser HCTC says the world's problems won't be solved in a podcast. Here was me thinking it would be, Liam. I, thought, I genuinely thought we had just solved the, the Russia-Ukraine crisis by inviting some people to a football match. I must be I wrong. Won't. Newsflash, son, they won't be solved by piffy YouTube comments either. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> keep, keep tuning in, folks. Keep tuning in. We like it. We like it. Um, but um, no, thanks everybody for <laughs> watching. I was just, you've just ruined my, I was about to do my whole. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Start again from the top. What you were going to say. Please subscribe to the channel for more content like this. Not exactly like that, but yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to ask about, uh, is, you know, ignoring or, or putting aside some of the issues we've just talked about. From a footballing perspective, we'll go on to Real Madrid in a second, but mm. RB Leipzig and Shakhtar Donetsk, how realistic do you think her chances are of 
taking a significant number of points off. I, I don't fear either of them at Celtic Park. It's the away games no. that, that concern me. Uh, how, how how well do you think we can fare in those situations? I, I, I sat down this afternoon and I kind of mapped it out in my head, like, how could this play out ideally? And, right, first of all, set aside the two games against Madrid. Those are free hits, right? Those mm. are shot, shots in the dark. Now, we have beaten AC Milan at Celtic Park fairly recently. Mm-hmm. We've beaten Barcelona at Celtic Park fairly recently. So the precedent is there for us to beat the European champions at Celtic Park. It has mm-hmm. happened and it could happen again. Um, but Leipzig and Shakhtar, um, you know, I, I'm being a bit two-faced here because on one hand I'm saying, oh, solidarity with, with Ukraine. But at the same time, I'm like, that's a team we can beat. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that is a team we can beat. I, I'm quite confident. And I think home and away. Because remember... Also, given the circumstances of the current situation, Shakhtar are not going to play at home. They're going to play in Poland. Now, they're going to have the majority of the support behind them, but it's still not a home game. So it's it's not quite as, as daunting as a trip actually to Donetsk would have been for us under normal circumstances. Um, and, I, yeah, I think this is something that we can, we can do. Basically... As I said before, I mapped it out. If we can beat Shakhtar twice, that's, you know, do that. Beat Leipzig at Celtic Park. Yeah. Anything we take off Madrid as a bonus, I would then say a draw away to Leipzig would take us through. Yeah. Ten, ten points would, would, would take us through almost almost certainly. Do you know, we, we've been in the situation before where we've had nine points with Martin and Neil, the, the famous uh, controversial penalty situation against Juventus where uh, Nicola Amoruso definitely mm. dived. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've seen very few situations where a team on nine points doesn't go through. So nine, ten points is the is the, the bare minimum, I think. And, uh, you know, it, let, let's assume, for example, that, you know, it's zero points from Real Madrid. That gives us a possible uh, 12 to get from the remaining four games. And mm. possibly we can do it. Possibly we can do it. But um, it'll be interesting to see. And RB Leipzig, obviously, um, Rangers... Uh, put them out on their run to the Europa League final last season. So we've got a relatively recent example of a team who couldn't beat us to win the championship were better than one of the teams in our group. So that surely should give us confidence. Well, I mean, that's the thing now. It's not very often you'll hear me praise Rangers, but something that they have at the moment that we don't, right, is that somehow in Europe, they are able to play badly and still win. Hmm. Right, Celtic for the last couple of years, even when we've been beaten, we've played well. You know, we we can go to Europe and we can give anybody a game. We gave Betis a right good game. We gave Leipzig a right good game. We gave, Mm -hmm. you know, all these teams a good game. But ultimately, we get knocked out. And the difference is, Rangers went there and did not necessarily play well, but they got through. Yeah, and that is something that I think. Maybe it's because, you know, last year we were, Ange was only in the, the very early stages of putting the team together. Um, the players didn't know each other as well as they do now. I think this year we are much more conditioned that we can grind out results in Europe. Yep. And that is going to be the key. Because we know we're going to play good football, especially at Celtic Park. But the fundamental is going to be when we have that bad game, you know, yep. it, it better not be another. 7-1 or whatever you know that's 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 the worry yeah um, 
Um, it's going to be an interesting one, I think. We'll ju- just look at the, some of the comments coming through. Um, I wanted to bring this one up. Says uh, Kenneth, Keith Oakton says hello from Plymouth. Hail, hail. Um, get people tuning in from everywhere. I also like the name Oakton because it reminded me of Oaken from Frozen. Big thumb a blowout. Woo-hoo. But I don't know if anybody knows that. Fun <laughs> fact, um, um, I, I used to live in Torquay, just up the road from Plymouth. Oh, very nice. It's a very nice part of the world, I have to say. Uh, Michael Cunningham says, uh, what a feeling tuning into Axom, uh, the headline Celtic to face Real Madrid in the Champions League, which we will go on and talk about uh, in a little bit. And FS, just confirming what you said, Liam, about um, from the jungle I watched this give Real Madrid a 2-0 beating in 1980. History can repeat and we can win a second place from this group. Let's talk a bit about Real Madrid. Um, Current European champions, as you said, Mm -hmm. uh, I was very excited to get them just because, you know, this sounds like a very first world problem, but we've got Shakhtar in the group, obviously, but, you know, there was another group that had, you know, AC Milan and um, somebody else in it that we'd had previously. And, you know, there was we all know the teams that we've drawn repeatedly yeah. over the years, and there was a bit of me sort of saying... As much as I would like some of those because of our chance to beat them, I would like somebody new, somebody fresh, somebody that we've not played. Um, so I was Aye. thinking Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund, um, even che- Chelsea to an extent, just for somebody different to play. Mm. Um, but we got Real Madrid and I was delighted with that. Um, what, what did you think when you first saw Real Madrid were top of the group that we drew in the in the in the the pot were you excited apprehensive what was your immediate response no i i my 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 instant response was yes i'll take that yeah i'll take that i I think that's i think that's doable um i mean anybody who thinks that real madrid are unbeatable two words sheriff tiras ball yes went to the bernabeu and beat them last year Mm -hmm. um you know and if no disrespect to them, but they are a much smaller club than Celtic with far, far smaller resources, yet they still somehow managed to pull that out of the hat. We do have an advantage in the sense that Real Madrid, you know, again, first world problems, but for them, you know, probably anything less than the last eight or the last four would be considered an abject failure. Yeah. So we are playing them at a a phase in the tournament where they might not even be taking it all that seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a sense. I mean, that is how that is how Sheriff beat them because they that that night, Madrid thought they just had to turn up and they were going to get the win, and yeah. they got stunned, they got shocked, and um, that is how Celtic have to play. If we come out like we do, you know, like like we did against Rangers in February, for example, right? They they were not expecting the way we came at them from the very first minute, and that's why we were three nothing up by half time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm not saying we're going to be three nothing up against Real Madrid after half an hour, but it, you know, if we go at them in a way that they are not expecting and they're not prepared for, and the way that Ange sets up his team to play, there's every chance we could do a Sharif on them. Yeah, and and th- there's also a bit of me. Don't get me wrong. I, I realise the irony of seeing this, given that they are the current European champions. That is not lost on me. Mm. But they aren't the Real Madrid of three, four, five years ago with a with a peak Gareth Bale, a peak Cristiano Ronaldo, a young and dynamic Modric and Cruz, uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, Marcelo, all of that. They are a they are a team, ironically enough, given their their continued success. They are a team in a little bit of transition, and and I do wonder 
I do wonder if there's an opportunity for a shock here because, and it might be me getting too excited about it, but I just think we could have faced more difficult Real Madrid sides than the one we're going to face, in my opinion. Am I being too naive about that? No, I I, I agree with you. Um, I think um, it was quite telling that when I was following the tournament later stages last season, once you got to about the quarterfinals, Real Madrid were actually considered one of the outsiders. Yeah. Everybody thought it's going to be Man City or it's going to be Liverpool. And then Real Madrid came through and they won it. And again, I mean them no disrespect whatsoever. You know, the statistically the greatest club in European football history. Mm-hmm. But um, it's one of the weakest teams in a while that's won the Champions League, in my opinion. And especially when you look as well at the way in which they won it in those last couple of stages, the last eight, the, the semi-finals, they were very often coming from behind. They were they, they were outclassed sometimes in the first leg or, or outclassed for a portion of one of the matches and then having to force themselves into a position where they came back. So I, I'm in no doubt that they could pick us off at any point. But like yeah. you say, if we go out and go at them the way Ange always likes us to go at people. I don't think there's any reason to say we can't give them a fright for want of a better phrase. Yeah, I mean that I think that's, you know, realistically, that's what that's what we're hoping for is that we go up there and we give them a, a right good go. You know, we, 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 we let them know they've been in a game. And yep. you know, I I I believe that Ange can do that. Um, because there's also the kind of poetic thing, you know, him being tutored by Puskas, who is, of course, a Real Madrid legend. Yeah. And for Ange, you know, he's probably too humble to admit it, but I think leading out a Celtic team to the Bernabeu, where his idol made his name, that's going to be the pinnacle of his career. That's, that's going to be him on cloud nine, before a ball's even kicked. So oh, yeah. I, he'll I would, be absolutely I... determined that we are going to put on a show. I would love to be in the dressing room when he gives the the last speech before they head out onto the pitch at the Bernabeu. I can't imagine what he'll be able to say because I still say this to, to this day. That speech at the end of last season, um, where I thank the fans for embracing his family and his jumper and, uh, you know, we go again and we never stop and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even say it properly because I'm not the auditor that he is, but... It was absolutely unreal to listen to. Yeah, I mean, I I spoke before um, about how much I love the way Joe Hart has totally bought into Celtic's philosophy and everything we're about. The same goes for Ange. He's a guy who has come here from a, you know, not a Celtic background, but he knows exactly what we're about. He buys into it and he gets it. He gets who we are. I liked his little thing he said about how I can't remember the exact wording of it, but at one point last season he said how, you know, there are there are people who have difficult times right now, and when they come to the football, that's them, that's their wee break from the real life. So we want to give them what the best experience they can when they come here, you know. Yeah. Um, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think that's hopefully what what they will continue to do, and regardless of the performance, I know everybody's going to get behind them. And um, we've got some comments coming in. 
Um, uh, Donny Boy 67 says think Madrid will miss Casemiro in the middle of the park O'Reilly and Turnbull could have some joy in games against them and I like that positivity to be honest I don't think there's any point being afraid Uh, it might be wishful thinking but I do like to see it Um, Patrick McLaughlin agrees with you uh, Liam that we can get at least 10 points from this group which I don't think is unrealistic but then Celtic are known to sabotage things uh, away from home as well um juicy bear says yeah they just have peak bends my laura lol which is listen listen we've got Ka- cameron carter vickers let's not let's let's not uh let's not let's not joke about it uh i like lubo maestro here bias aside i think celtic are actually the best team in that group me too me too and finally, Robert Gibson says, I need a, an explanation for that shirt. I hope he's talking about yours, Liam. Um, but uh, if you want an explanation, then go back and watch the, the start of the show when we uh, when we talked about that and had a little discussion around shirts in general and you'll get more information. Um, we'll leave the Champions League aside for a little bit of time just to mm. discuss uh, more important uh, pressing matters uh, in terms of domestics. Um, it's been a wee while since I've been on with you, so I just wanted to get your thoughts initially on your general opinion of the start of the season. Are you pleased with what you've seen? Um, is there any area of concern for you that you're hoping that we resolve primarily before the end of the transfer window? Um, right. In terms of start of the season, I'm delighted with where we are. Um, I, I think I said last time I was on with you that if we had any kind of advantage at all, going into our first game with Rangers. And, uh, you know, as long as we win tomorrow, we uh, sorry, on Sunday, we will be at least two points ahead of them going into the game against them. Yeah. And that is a massive psychological advantage. I am really happy that we get into that position so early. I mean, you know, who would have thought that in, in the first week of September, we could have the prospect of going five points clear in the league? Yeah. You know that that that's the potential there. Um, so yeah, I'm delighted with that. I do think we still need a kind of a. It's a bit of a cliche to say a Scott Brown type, but we do need that kind of midfield destroyer. Mm-hmm. Who we we've never really replaced. Um, a lot of people are saying Aaron Moy can do that, but the truth is Aaron Moy is an attacking midfielder who occasionally plays defensive midfield out of necessity. He is mm-hmm. not a defensive midfielder. And we need to get that idea out of our heads because Ange knows him and that's not how Ange is going to deploy him. Yeah. So we need we need somebody else. Because also, Callum McGregor likes a shot at goal, as we've seen. And I think it's good that if we have a, a midfield anchor man that can allow him to get forward a bit more, uh, then that could be another aspect to our attack. Because the most positive thing for me is that we have goals from all over the pitch right now. We've got centre-backs scoring, we've got midfielders, we've got wingers, we've got, you know, goals coming from every area of the team apart from the goalkeeper. And Joe Hart is playing that far up the field, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one at some point this season as well. Um, But yeah, I think we're in a very good place right now. We are. I'm just looking at the table as you were talking there. We are currently two points ahead of Rangers and uh, another vital part of things because I do think I have I have my opinions on the Rangers team and the fact that I think based on what I've seen so far this season because I have been watching some of their games I, I, I think they're a team in transition. I think they're going to struggle this season but 
as well as the two point gap that you were talking about, there is a there's a four four goal split in the goal difference. They're on a goal difference of plus seven. We're on a goal difference of plus eleven. So, yeah, you know, there's there's that which which when the title race can get so close, uh, especially in Scotland when it's between two teams, uh, goal difference can be like an extra three points going into a game if you if you know that the the person in the second pos- or, or the lower position won't be able to turn that around, but. It will be interesting to see how it goes. Dundee United uh, at Tannadice on Sunday. Um, I, I talked to Jim last week about, uh, and to Brian, about... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, the fact that we've we've gone to Dingwall, to Ross County, we've gone to Rugby Park, traditionally slightly banana skin grounds, and regardless of the current state of the Dundee United team, who currently sit 11th on only one point from their first four games, Tannadice is never an easy place to go, is it? Is there anything concerning you about the upcoming fixture? Is there any clue based on what you've seen to suggest that there might be a difficulty for us on Sunday? See, a game, a game like Sundays, there's two ways to look at it, and it depends. It's like kind of a glass, glass half empty, a glass half full kind of thing. On one hand, Dundee United have been ranked rotten this season so far, so they should not give us any problems. You know, if we are able to beat you know, Hearts, who have had been quite good so far this season, we beat them fairly comfortably. Um, you know, we've we went to Ross County and we got a win, and they have looked okay in the, what I've seen of them, apart from when we played them. You know, Dundee United have struggled, but at the, on the other hand, you then think, well, that means they're due a performance. Mm-hmm. So it's happened so often in the past that teams have been, you know, not playing well, but then they've come into a game against us and they find that extra gear from somewhere. Now, if we approach the game, and I fully expect we will, with the full you know, professionalism and determination that Ange insists we have, uh, we should win 2 or 3-0. That, that's, yeah. that's the logical assumption. But football isn't a logical game, so there is that wee bit of apprehension in the back of my head. That wee bit of apprehension... 
I, I want I, right. I'm being a bit of a shrink here. I'm going to delve into your subconscious. Careful, that, that's a dangerous place. That, <laughs> but, but really, that bit of apprehension, I have it as well. Mm. But when I actually think logically about it, the way that the team is playing, the, the confidence that they have, the um, I, I guess the only thing I'm concerned about is the, the way we spurn chances occasionally. We create them and we don't score them. But I just wonder if the the slight bit of apprehension going into the game on Sunday is based purely on our history and our emotions about it rather than anything, you know, objective that we can see. Because on paper, based on the way we've opened uh, the season and based on the way Dundee United have opened the season, it should be an open and shut case. But maybe, again, I'm just being too naive about that. No, I mean, at the end of the day, bookies very rarely get it wrong. And last time I checked, the bookies had Celtic 7-1 to one on to win the game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they very rarely get it wrong. Um, you know, to, 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 to take that idea and put it into a more kind of common narrative, when Rangers, this, you know, the reincarnation, shall we say, of Rangers came back, yeah, and they came back into the... This, or they, they entered the Premier League for the first time, I should say. Um, you know, everyone was saying, well, the media, quote-unquote, were saying, oh, an old firm game, not not my words, their words, an old firm game uh, is always unpredictable, regardless of form. And then we would routinely scud them 4 or 5 nil, right? <laughs> um, because we were the vastly superior team at the time. Yeah. Um, form and such like doesn't care about narratives. It doesn't care about history um and all form indicators point to us winning comfortably on sunday so really our little bit of worry at the back of our heads is quite irrational if we actually step back and look at it yeah i'm sure alan morrison if he was on could tell us it was entirely rational and bring up some statistic that shows actually we've got reason to be concerned but uh We'll leave that until the next time he's on the show with us to to, to dismantle our confidence uh, bit by bit. Uh, Patrick McLaughlin says an early goal against Dundee United should dismantle their uh, confidence and the last thing they need is us scoring inside the first 15 minutes. I think that's something that I am more concerned about from a European point of view. I think we, I think domestically we have enough that we know for every chance we miss, we'll create five more and we'll probably, you know, win the match out. Does mm. it concern you a little bit now that we know the draw, now that we know the quality of opposition that we're playing against, that we are too wasteful with chances and that especially in Europe, given the, the scarcity of them, that might come back to bite us? Well, I mean, if you look at last season, if you look at uh, the, particularly the games against Betis, um, we passed up you know, Kyogo should have had a hat trick in one of those games, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, we were very pl- profligate in front of goals in, in those in those games, and it cost us. But again, like I said before, this is a team that's a year further on in its development, is a bit more experienced, and I have noticed that we are we're still missing chances here and there, but we do seem a bit more ruthless in front of goal than we were last season already. Yeah. And that's only going to improve as time goes on. And we've still got a couple of weeks before the Champions League kicks in. So, yeah, I'm I'm still, I'm okay with it. I'm fairly confident. 
what what's your opinion on the approach to the game? Because I was having a discussion about this with um with my dad when we were watching the game uh, the other week, one of the games, and it's become quite a you know a pattern which I don't have a problem with. Of start with Maeda, Jota, and Kyogo, run them ragged, perhaps get a goal or two, then completely switch it up, bring on Abada, Yakimakis. Uh, and then a selection of midfielders to to see out the game. Mm. Do, do you? And it was interesting because I asked Alan Morrison about this a couple of weeks ago, and he gave us some stats about how some some players are statistically better as substitutes, and it doesn't always translate to them starting. What's mm. your opinion on say a Yakamakis or an Abada who've been very impactful coming off the bench, potentially getting a starting berth, or do you think if it's not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing? I think that is something that um, once we get into the the system of a Champions League game on a on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then a game a league game on a Saturday, that is going to become more of an issue. But for the moment, I say don't change a winning system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if, as I believe is going to happen, Dundee United are probably going to set up initially very similar to how Hearts set up last week as in 10 men behind the ball and just try and kill the game. And, you know, they lasted, what, 13 minutes <laughs> when they tried that? Um, you know, I I think that we could, uh, like, as your commenters have said, if we get that early goal, they, they'll fall apart because no offence to Dundee United, but Hearts are a better team than them at the moment. Yeah. And the low block got them absolutely nowhere. And it won't work for Dundee United either. Um you know, just, just to go off on a slight tangent here, mm-hmm. I was quite annoyed last week looking at a lot of the media when all the narratives and all the stories in the papers were about red cards. You know, Hearts shouldn't have had these red cards, Rangers shouldn't have had these red cards, whatever. Um, I think the only one that was questionable was the John Lundstrom one, but the rest of them were all red cards or second bookings every day of the yeah. week, right? Yeah. And even then, the Lundstrom one, it's 50-50 whether he gives it or not, because I've seen them given, I've seen them not given, right? But that's a side issue. My point is that what the newspapers and the media should have been saying was, look at this, right? There's a Hibs team that came out and had a go at Rangers, mm-hmm. got lucky, got lucky with cards and whatever, but got something out of the game. Yeah. Whereas Hearts came to Celtic Park and played utterly negatively for the first 65 minutes. Mm-hmm. Despite go, even when they went a goal down, they still didn't open up. Yeah, and whatever chances they got were chances we gave them with our own defensive errors. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, I think it's a lot of people say, "Well, Scottish football is only a, a you know a two horse race, whatever." And it's like, well, if teams aren't going to attempt to challenge you, it's not really your fault if you keep winning every week, you know. It's not, but I'm going to I'm going to challenge you slightly here and see okay. see how you respond to it and I'm going to say I don't think there's an obligation on teams to challenge us if they know they can get X number of points off other teams in the league throughout the season mm-hmm. and any point off of us whether it's one or three or even not getting a hiding to affect their goal difference is beneficial to their season then I think Essentially, they're they're allowed to do whatever they feel is right for their club, and actually, it's more a responsibility on our team 
to break them down because that is the way they've chosen to play against us. I do get what you mean. I think I think the the two horse race narrative is pushed about Scottish football and making it, and that being the reason it's a poor standard. But I don't. I, I do agree. I guess that it's not the reason that it's a poor standard, but it doesn't help the marketability of it outside of the country. I guess what what I'm getting at, and maybe I kind of maybe I didn't quite phrase it right, is like the the hypocrisy of it. Yeah, the same people who complain that Scottish football is not competitive enough make it uncompetitive in the way they approach games against Celtic and Rangers. Mm-hmm. So it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. And it's it's a circle that needs to break if Scottish football is ever going to actually progress. Yeah, no, that that I totally agree with. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting point of conversation, that's for sure. I'm going to ask everybody watching to do something. I've already asked you to subscribe. But my friend Kevin Graham has said, please like the vid- video trips. Laura needs to beat me. Now, I'll tell you what happened was I was just tuning in the other day uh, to the Axom uh, output, as I frequently do on my lunch breaks and things like that, like everybody watching today. And Mr. Graham chose to um, make a competition out of this that, that apparently we do very well for likes on a Friday and he wanted to beat us on Wednesday, I think it was. So... With that said, let's make a competition. Let's make a real competition out of it and let's show them who's boss. Please like this video and let's get the Friday Club to the top of the like table because uh, that would just be absolutely fantastic if you haven't done it already. It's a wee thumbs up down uh, underneath the screen which you can click when we're live and it helps us get shared out and about there which is uh, which is good for the channel. Well, I tell um, you what, Laura, I'll double down on that. If uh, if we can win this wee likes competition that you've initiated, I have got football shirts in my collection even louder than this one, and I will break them out for future shows if we can get to the top of the table. That is that is a promise and a half. I, I doubt I can barely hear you over that shirt today. <laughs> so the fact that you're saying you've got louder shirts than that is absolutely mm. unreal. We shall see, but uh, Kevin, uh, we are we are... This is this is a real competition. Uh, bring it on, he says. <laughs> this is going to be bigger than the Champions League, guys. This is going to be bigger than the Champions League. Speaking of which, Fuji's toner says Leipzig and Chapter must be bricking it. Celtic and Madrid have won 15 European Cups between them. That we have. That we have. Yep. Uh, yep. Nobody's counting, you know, the division of those, but we have won 15 between us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Peter McGee says, uh, Laura, I... Oh, sorry. Uh, Laura, I like every show. Does that work? Yeah. Keep doing it, Peter. Keep doing it. Um, Now, um, what I was going to say was, um, obviously, with the World Cup coming up, Mm. we've um, sort of gone full swing into the season. You know, we're not even at the end of August yet. And by the end of the month, we'll have played five league games and the first round of the League Cup against uh, Ross County and Wednesday. I have to admit, I was concerned seeing the Champions League, you know, in earnest uh, Mm. this week. I I just saw fixtures piling on top of fixtures piling on top of fixtures. Mm. Uh, I'm anxious about that. I don't know how the players must be feeling, but is, is there a chance do you think that that's going to affect either our ability to to challenge on all three fronts or um, is it going to essentially be 
like any other season for us. I, I'm struggling to figure that out in my own head at the moment. Um, I'll say I'd say no, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of reasons why. Um, first of all, we have got a much greater depth to our squad than we had last season, mm-hmm. so we're better prepared for this. Um, two. Whilst, you know, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who was cheering on PSV the other night, the fact that Rangers got through means they are in the exact same fixture predicament we are. Mm -hmm. If we've got a tough European game in midweek, so have they. Yeah. At least up until November. Um, So it's a level playing field. And ultimately, like 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 you said before, I think that Rangers squad as in its current form has passed its peak. Yeah. They are on the way down, we are on the way up. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately our squad depth is going to tell. Because like we said, you can you can deploy Giacomakis in a league game if Kyogo's feeling tired. You can you can stick Haksabanovic on if Jota is feeling tired. You know, yeah. you can bring in Turnbull for Hatati. There's, there's options all over the pitch. I mean, Tony Ralston is, you know... Arguably one of our best players last season, and mm-hmm. he's a bench warmer at the moment. And it's not because he's done anything wrong; it's because Juranovic is superb. Yeah, you know um, that's that's the thing. You know, we have that depth now. And I, I guess that's where it comes into because I've had this conversation a few times on the pod of that that some of us, myself included, perhaps need to change our attitude that um, a first eleven is something that we should be focusing on, and actually that a strong squad is what we need because I have to say that was certainly clear to me watching the, the fixtures be announced last night and seeing that we've got, you know, we're already we're only in August, we've already got we're basically going to have two games a week for the next few weeks again and uh... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, that actually this, this is where the squad's going to come into its own, I think. Um, yeah. It, now that we're past that opening phase of one game a week, aye, that that this is also where I could see a gap, a serious gap opening up between us and Rangers. Yeah, because I think that the 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 cliche of the European hangover is going to hit them a lot harder than it's going to hit us. Mm-hmm. Because when we have injuries, we bring in guys like David Turnbull and uh, you know. Uh, Yosuke Deguchi, right? Both full internationals. Mm-hmm. When they have injury problems, they chuck in guys like Steve Davis, who should have retired about five years ago. You know, that's just yeah. that's that's the reality of it. Um, you know, we we have the superior squad, 
Yeah. They have individual players who are good and will give us a challenge. I mean, that Sholak looks like a decent striker, I'll, I'll admit. Yeah. But um, And getting rid of Morelos is probably the best thing Rangers could ever do at the moment because that guy is just an absolute liability. But mm-hmm. anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, but we, uh... we have the better squad, no question. Yeah, I think that I think that's clear, and I hope it hope it remains the case throughout the season. Um, speaking of which, uh, we've had a recent addition to the squad, uh, Haksabanovic from Ruben Kazan, who I believe is a is a winger, um, who's going to give us more options uh, going forward, which is something that we we can always be doing with. Um, were you pleased to see that being that deal being done? I know that you know most of us, myself included, are sitting here with not a huge amount of knowledge of of him as an actual player. But um, mm. it, again, it comes down to that that thing that we've talked about of trusting the manager. And I'm at, I'm at a stage now where if if Ange has identified a player that he wants, then I'm willing to believe that he's 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 worth the outlay of whatever we, we did pay for him, which I believe was around £2 million. But are you are you happy to see happy to see him in the door and uh, hopefully become a, an important part of the squad going forward? Yeah, I mean, um, w- one of my friends over here is uh, quite a big West Ham fan. And he, you know, Haksabamovic didn't quite, you know, make the cut at West Ham. Mm. But... Um, he said that he's and what little bit he saw of him, he saw enough to think there's a player there. It just wasn't the right time or wasn't the right situation or whatever. This is um, sounding an awful lot like another player who's still on our Well, bench. what I'm going to say, actually, that's where it's different because he told me, um, you know, his exact words, and I'm I'm going to bleep this out, he said, but for F's sake, how the hell did, did we get five million for a jetty? That was what yeah. he told me on the day that Celtic signed him. And I was like, oh, God, I hope you're wrong. But that's how it turned out. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think uh, that's, uh, you know, that's the difference is that this is a guy who's rated. And the the way the career trajectory is, mm. it's the kind of guy that, that Celtic under Ange love to take on. Mm. Because it's kind of a bit like Joe Hart. You know, he's a guy who... Is a full international. Yeah. Career went a wee bit astray. A couple of moves didn't work out for him. Ended up in a fairly, you know, in the Russian league, which is a fairly obscure league. Yeah. Um, and has now got another shot at the big time and is determined to grab it. And he needs to come to a club where he's going to be embraced by the fans and he's going to be supported and he's going to be nurtured and he's going to develop. And, you know, that is exactly where Joe Hart was a year ago when we signed him. Yep. And a lot of people were not sure about that signing either. And he has now, well, he's probably my favourite Celtic player at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, if you if you told me at the start of last season that I would be voting for Joe Hart for player of the season, uh, I would have, you know, quite honestly laughed. But uh, but that was the position I found myself in, so I know exactly what you mean. Daniel yeah. F says that Haxbanovic was 18 at West Ham. So yes, not exactly yeah. the same situation as with a Yeti. Um, slightly tongue in cheek from me there, but I do think, uh, I do think, uh, you know, we've got to give the guy a chance, and uh, you know, him moving away from Ruben Kazan is obviously not to do with football and matters either. So um, that's no indication on his quality as a player. As I said, uh, anybody that Ange deems. Um, satisfactory for him uh, I'm willing to go with until I see evidence suggesting otherwise um, before we close out the show we're going to do um, 
talk about the lineup towards the end for the game against Dundee United and a possible score prediction from you, Liam. But okay. um, I just wanted to look ahead just to Wednesday night. Uh, we're heading up to Dingwall uh, once again uh, for the League Cup, uh, the opening League Cup tie for Celtic this season um, against Ross County. Um, I guess this opens up a couple of different conversation points. The first one that I wanted to mention was given the concerns that I mentioned earlier about competing on as many fronts as possible and taking into account the fact that, you know, we want to win every game that we play and every trophy that we enter. Mm. Do you see the manager in any way whatsoever making changes to the squad for Wednesday night that will suggest he's maybe not prioritising the League Cup or do you think it'll be a case of we prioritise everything until until we have reason not to? This is a difficult question because, I'm again, I'm going to sound a bit hypocritical here because I hate when English teams do this in their League Cup and put out the youth team. I think it's I think it's disgraceful, actually. But we should probably rest a few players for that Ross County game if we can because of all the prizes we're competing for this season, and we do want to win everything, you know, mm. that, that is what we aim for. But if we're going to drop something, the League Cup is the one we can afford to drop. Um, especially with it clashing with the Champions League Um, so I don't see you know I don't see Ange putting out a reserve team because that's not the kind of manager he is Mm -hmm. but I could see for example uh, Haktabanovic might get stopped Um, you know uh, I think Hatate will get a start because he'll be back hopefully back to full fitness by then yeah. Um, I think um, anybody who comes on as a sub against Dundee United could well start um, against Ross County. You know, the likes of Jack and Marcus and whatever, because those are the, those are the types of players that we can bring into the team without fundamentally weakening the team in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, swapping out Kyogo for Jack and Marcus, two very different types of player, but equally potent when it comes to scoring goals. Um, Swapping out um, Maeda for Abada. Again, you know, uh, both very pacey wingers, can get a good ball across goal, can cut inside, Mm -hmm. you know, very similar quality of players, I think, as well. Um, And, you know, there's a debate to be had about, you know, Abada's a bit younger, so maybe he's got the potential to become a better player in the future, but, you know, I'm an unashamed Maeda fanboy, so I'm going to support my man all the way. That's that's just the way it is. Um, yeah, I think a few changes, but not a complete turnaround in the squad. To answer your question, yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to look ahead here um, as you're talking because it was my understanding that uh, the Champions League fixture calendar would be confirmed about eleven o'clock this morning, but uh, that's Celtic part time, obviously, but. I can't actually see anything on the UEFA website that confirms, you know, what the right. what the layout of the of the fixtures is going to be because, you know, I was thinking about it as we were talking there. You've got Rangers uh on uh you know, the third of September following the, the Ross County game. Depending on who the opposition is, you know, it might very well dictate a lot of different things about how how we approach all of those games because on the one hand, you might think, 
uh, we're not going to prioritise a strong team against Real Madrid or whatever in case we don't fancy our chances of getting something out of that game. Maybe we'll put the stronger teams out against an RB Leipzig and a Shakhtar. Um, mm. it, it does slightly change how you approach things, but it's just been, going to be interesting to see what order those games come in and how they fit around the, the domestic fixtures. See, I'm going to slightly disagree with that because okay. I, I think when you come into the Champions League, especially a team like Celtic who haven't been there for a couple of years, you want to start with a bang. Okay. So I think, regard, even if we're a, even if our first game is you know away to Real Madrid, I think we come out with a full-strength team all guns blazing because we want to set down a marker. Mm-hmm. Um, because the problem with the short league format, you know, and you, you see this in the World Cup quite often as well, which is an even shorter format. You lose that first game, and it puts you on a downward trajectory for the rest of the the rest of the campaign. Yeah, you get a win, or you get an unexpected point, and that can be the springboard. You know, win win the next two games, and you basically qualified. So, yeah. I think regardless of who we are playing, the team will be the same because I think Ange is just going to go out all guns blazing in that first game. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, uh, this uh, viewer says uh, by 11.30 tomorrow morning, so I've maybe got my dates mixed up as I tend to do. So, uh, um, As I understand it, it's after the Europa and Conference League draws to make sure there's no city clashes. That's that fair. That'll be confirmed. That's fair. Um, so to close out the show, we've got five minutes left. Um, it is the Dundee United game on Sunday, as we talked about uh, at Tannadice. There will be um, live uh, pre- and post-match coverage of that on Axom as usual. Um, Liam, do you anticipate any differences or any changes to the lineup? Um Bearing in mind what we've said, how much do you think a new signing like Haksibanovic might feature or is it going to be, as we talked about before, a case of what what isn't broke doesn't need fixed? Um, to answer that precisely, what I think will happen is that Hatate will start because he's back to full fitness and then about 65 minutes he'll be swapped out for Haksibanovic. Mm-hmm. Because although he is... A winger, he can also play the midfield number 10 role, um, which means that depending on how the game is going, either O'Reilly or Hatati can be swapped out for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that Ange might want to nurse Hatati back into the, the full squad gently, um, hence why he didn't start last week. Um, so I think that that is how it's going to go. I think Haksibanovic will come on as a second-half substitute, probably about the same time as we introduce Giacomakis and Abada, if we play to the same game pattern. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be an interesting one, because I, I don't know all that much about the way Dundee United have been playing, but I think that... I don't know. I'm always worried about a team who've had that bad a start to the season that there's going to come a point where they come good and perhaps, you know, they'll want to prove a point tomorrow, uh, sorry, on Sunday, but uh, it's going to be an interesting one nevertheless. And like you say, if we can go into um, if we can go into the game against Rangers uh, next week uh, with a two-point advantage at the very least um and potentially you know extend that to five uh when we play them then it's going to leave us in a really strong position for the next few weeks like you said that's when champions league uh football really kicks into gear and there's a potential to to increase that gap as you were talking about aye exactly exactly so um it's going to be an interesting one 
Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel for more Celtic content, more football content. Um, Liam, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I know that with the wonders of technology, it looks like an easy thing to do, but obviously you've been on the other side of the world. Uh, well, I tell you, the, ha the hardest thing of it has been that while we've been talking, I've got a bag of cans sitting here, but professionalism prohibits me from opening them until we're finished. Ah, well, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate Note, that. Japanese lager comes in green, white and gold cans. I am, uh, listen, I'm going to partake in that if I ever make it out to Japan because that looks uh, that looks pretty nice. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Liam, for joining me and join us again on Sunday for the match coverage. It would be great to see you there. Thanks, everybody. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.